Welcome everybody to Connecting the Universe. I'm author and researcher Mike Ricksecker. Got a fun episode for you tonight. This is our Halloween special. We're going to get into creepy, spooky, haunted houses. Uh, I've been to many over the years. <laughs> and I have some of my favorites that I'm going to be talking about. Going to be sharing some video clips, photos, stories, all that wonderful stuff. I also have uh, several that you guys have submitted as well. Of course, the question for tonight was, uh, what is your favorite haunted house and why? So uh, several of you uh, did uh, actually contribute to that question. And there's uh, Nicole telling me that the lights look cool. Yeah, it kind of just busted out the old, uh, what are those? The the blue and that one's kind of purplish, but basically they're the ice lights. And um, yeah, they make a cool effect. I used that for the old Beyond the Shadows and Inside the Upside Down. And uh, Tom is only here for 20 minutes and he has to get back to work. So uh, Tom, we definitely appreciate your time. We know that uh, you know these days it's a little tough for you to get out to uh, these things when they're live. So we definitely appreciate it. All right. And there's, uh, there's Bill. Great to see you, Bill. All right, so let me get to your, your submissions here because uh, there were quite a few. Uh, Andy Urbex from Germany uh, on Instagram uh, and Bill Prack uh, both said the Conjuring House. So Bill said the house the parents lived in, the farmhouse on Hilltop Road, the real Conjuring House because there's so much weird energy there and I've never felt anything like it before. So uh, yeah, we will... Uh, we will definitely be exploring that particular house this evening. I have I've had several of my own experiences there as well. So we're definitely going to get into that. So also uh, this from uh, Connie Mayanecki. Uh, she said Maplecroft. So we talked about Maplecroft the other night. Uh, Maplecroft Mansion. And this is what uh, Connie had to say. She said, Lizzie Borden's other house. I was lucky enough to get a quick tour of it one night during an event at the Axe Murder House. And we'll never forget it. We didn't investigate. I couldn't even tell you if it's actually haunted. They say it is. But it was so beautiful. And the thought of Lizbeth living out her life there in comparison to the little house she grew up in and all that it meant for how she got there and why she stayed was so intriguing. A few rooms did feel creepy. I just hope someday to get the chance to stay a while and really take it all in. But thankful for the chance I had. Uh, And she also mentioned Malvern Manor in Iowa uh, for creepy vibes and scary feelings. So Malvern Manor run by uh, Josh Hurd. Check that out in Iowa. Uh, But yeah, it was interesting because we had Sam Baltrusis on the other night on Edge of the Rabbit Hole. And we did touch on, on Maplecroft. Now, this is where Lizzie lived after the after the murder so this here is the murder house and i apologize to those tuning into the podcast later on on uh, all the different podcast forms like spotify iHeartRadio, itunes and those listening to syndication on kgra radio and kpnl uh, you will not see of course the uh, the videos and the uh, the photos during the the presentation portion of it uh, but if you want to, you know, join us here, ConnectedUniversePortal.com. Uh, you can join us for these live interactive classes every Wednesday night. This one is Thursday because I had a uh, uh, a viewing uh, uh, 
that I had to attend last night. A close family friend had passed away. So um, so this one's a little bit different. It's live on Thursday, but usually live on Wednesday nights, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern, and you get to in, uh, interact with the class. And then all the other content that's out there on the uh, Connected Universe portal, uh, which... You know, all kinds of uh, great articles, behind-the-scenes videos. Uh, we have the monthly Q&A, Mike's Morning Mug videos, a lot of special features, travel travel blogs, all that great stuff. Uh, a lot of great information out there. So connectuniverseportal.com for those listening in later. In any case, uh, yeah, we had Sam Baltrusis on the other day, and we did talk about the difference between uh, the murder house and Maplecroft. Uh, when it comes to like the ghost of Lizzie, uh, apparently she feels very frustrated being constantly called back to the murder house when she, uh, you know, she she did not like it there. Uh, of course, you know, bad memories, the murder, all that. Uh, but she lived out the rest of her days in Maplecroft, and this is her uh, a little bit older with with the dog. So yeah, we usually think of of Lizzie, the axe murderer, and of course this is what she looked like. Uh, during that time, but uh, when she lived out the rest of her days, I mean, she did, you know, grow to be an elderly woman, and um, and yeah, enjoyed her her time there at Maplecroft. But uh, apparently, she is supposed to be uh, there at Maplecroft, and she goes by the name Lisbeth. That's the the name that she actually prefers, not Lizzie. And so, uh, yeah, kind of, you made it just in time as I was uh, talking about it. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Nicole pointing out here when we mentioned the Conjuring House earlier uh, can be yours for the reasonable price of 1.6 million. Crazy stuff. Um, and and Tom, be careful there. He's sitting in his car and raining. Yeah, don't 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 catch the flu or anything out there, buddy. All right, so that is Maplecroft. Uh, also here, uh, let's see. Dina Luna said uh, for for her house now I. I don't quite understand the first one. It's, it says uh, the Howells High Crew W O P N and then dot dot dot. So I don't know if something was copy and pasted and didn't come across right. I'm not sure. Uh, the second house she mentioned was the house she grew up in, and you know a lot of people feel that way. That you know and that's how they get involved in this field is because they grew up in a haunted house and that was uh, the most significant uh, haunted house that they've been to or the most terrifying or something like that, and that's how they ended up getting involved in all this. Uh, Victoria Monday. So Victoria said uh, the Haunted Hill House. There's just so much going on. There's so many different levels of hauntings from different groups and decades. So I believe, Victoria, this was kind of submitted just before the show. So I just did a quick look up um, because I don't think she was talking about the the one that the the book and movie was, was based on because people generally say like uh, Haunting of Hill House. Uh, that book and then subsequent movies uh, were based off of the Winchester House, but um, and then I guess the author was was spooked at some uh, uh, house in Hell's Kitchen, but uh, I believe she's talking about this one. Correct me if I'm wrong, Victoria. Uh, but but I grabbed this one because this one is in Texas where you are. <laughs> um, and uh, the little bit of information I got here is uh, Haunted Hill House is a 3,800 square foot Victorian mansion built during the Civil War era, nestled between the famous East Mountain where the uh, Native Americans and outlaws battled. The home's 18 areas to investigate, five bedrooms, four bathrooms, full kitchen, uh, 
and they have overnight investigations there and access to the entire property. So there you go. Uh, Haunted Hill House. Let me see if... Uh, and Victoria says, yes, that is the correct one. It's in Mineral Wells, Texas. All right, very cool. So that is what I have from you guys for uh, your submissions to your you know, favorite creepy, spooky, haunted house. I'm going to start with mine. Uh, we're going to get into some of those other ones uh, later, like you know the Conjuring House and all that. We will get to those. But I'm going to start with my personal favorite haunted house. That is the Stone Lion Inn in Guthrie, Oklahoma. Uh, absolutely love this house. Uh, to me, it's just it's just the epitome of a haunted house. It has that creepy, cool vibe. You'd kind of walk up to it. You know, when I first first initially uh, was there, and this photo here is from my first visit there, and I'm looking at it like, yeah, that that's a haunted house. But you walk in, it's got that really creepy, cool ambiance on to it. Um, you know, the, the floorboards creak and moan, um, you know, there's, it's almost like you hear the, the voices and whispers upon the air. This is a photo for the first time I was ever there was during a murder mystery, uh, dinner theater, which, which they host there and it's a lot of fun. So not only is it a haunted house, but you can do the murder mystery part of it. Uh, they do have the, uh, Egyptian sarcophagus back there, which was, was donated. It's not real sarcophagus. It's, it's some piece of artwork, but absolutely beautiful. And it kind of sets that, that tone. The, uh, the table there that you see all of the drinks on, I mean, those are the beverages that were served for the evening for the murder mystery dinner theater. And that is actually an old embalming table. Now, this was a family home for, for many, many years before like when it was first built then it spent some time as a mortuary and then after that spent time as a boarding house and became uh, a family home again and what's crazy about this so eight years as a mortuary during the 1930s during the depression area the family moved out uh, and basically rented the place out got a smaller place and did business elsewhere in the state try to make some money during the depression uh so eight years as that mortuary, and the embalming table stayed in the house. Now, when the current owner, Becky Luker, first moved in in the 1980s, she did not know what that table was. It was actually in the kitchen, and she was actually using it for baking. She was preparing meals on it, and her son came home from school one day. People from the the, the town, uh, his classmates, had told him what the house had once been. And so when he told his mom, hey, mom, did you know that this house was once a funeral parlor, was once a mortuary? Becky looked down at the table that she'd been working on in the kitchen was like, oh, my God. And it clicked. This is an embalming table. <laughs> so she moved it out of the kitchen. And I don't know where it may have moved throughout the house during the year. She no longer lives there. Uh, she just got really she and her family got too spooked out of there. Uh, her son would, would consistently play with a little girl up in, in the attic area. She's kind of the most prevalent haunt. Uh, Mr. Houghton is supposed to be there. The Houghton family is the one who had the house built. Uh, there's a man in a top hat there who may be the mortician. We don't know. Uh, but uh, the little girl is kind of the most prevalent haunt there. So, But we had some significant things happened there. It's a, and it's a beautiful, beautiful house. Um, I'll show you some photographs here. So this is the library area. Uh, it's 
it, it's absolutely amazing. Uh, some of this artwork was actually, um, or I'm sorry, some of these photos were actually the basis for artwork that Adam Tillery had done for me uh, for the Time Chandler Chronicles, which, um, you know, we only got a few episodes into that. But it's an amazing home, and you got these uh, these stone lions, you know, right outside the front door. But um, significant thing for me, let's go back to this photo. You see the fireplace there. And we investigated there several times. And uh, this one particular time, I'm, we're just kind of starting the investigation. I'm going around getting, you know, a baseline readings off the, uh, off the EMF detectors. And we didn't usually get anything in this library, as beautiful as it is, it didn't usually have any hauntings. But so one time, I'm passing in front of the fireplace, holding the K2, because uh, that's what I was using for an EMF detector at the time. And all of a sudden, this, this wave of energy just hit me. The K2 spiked out all the way into the red. This wave of energy hits me, and I almost passed out right there in front of the fireplace. I was okay, just kind of got, whoa, dizzy for a moment, collected myself, was okay, finished doing the sweep, and then we proceeded to start the investigation uh, a few minutes later. So as we are starting the investigation, we're going through, uh, walking through the entrance hall, which is, which is this. So that library is there off to the right through that, you can kind of see that there's a doorway there. We are walking through this area here, if I'd stop hitting my microphone, and to the left is a little hallway that takes you to uh, the parlor suite. So like I said, it's a murder mystery dinner theater. Primarily serves as a bed and breakfast. Um, so you do the dinner theater, you stay overnight in a haunted house. Very, very cool. So we go into that, that parlor suite. And as we were walking through uh, that entrance hall, there's a, there's a bureau that's sitting there, a, a set of dwarves. And one of the dwarves had been partially open didn't really pay it any mind, kind of saw it out of the corner of our eyes, like, okay, we're in the parlor suite, and all of a sudden, we're not back there, like, maybe two minutes, and then all of a sudden, boom, we hear this bang come out from the entrance hall, so we go back out there, and we notice that that drawer had been slammed shut, so uh, Johnny Longan starts, uh, he gets out his tri-field meter, I start snapping some photographs in between Johnny and the Bureau, that set of dwarves, you see this fantastic white wisp uh, just hovering there. It was absolutely freaking amazing. Uh, we didn't actually, I, I got to take it back, uh, sort of. So we didn't see the white wisp there with our eyes. Going back on review through the photographs, we saw the white wisp, and that's when we were like, okay, that is an amazing photograph. You know, is this you know, what had slammed the door shut? Is it even what had, uh, you know, made me dizzy? So we're doing that for like maybe 10 minutes, you know, getting some readings, taking some photographs, that sort of thing. And while we're in the entrance hall, we decided that, you know what, the parlor suite is really small. You know, it's got a nice size bed in there and that pretty much takes up most of the room. It's got the bed, it's got a uh, an armoire in there or a wardrobe and, you know, that, that's really it. So we were really crowded in that room for the two minutes that we were back there. So we decided we're going to split up and some of the others are going to go back into the parlor suite. I start leading a group up the stairs. It's a beautiful set of stairs to the next level. Now you see that little landing there at the top of the stairs as it turns and continues on to the second floor. Well, 
I had gotten just about there and another girl had just started up the stairs when you see that framed photograph there of Lizzie Borden, who we were just talking about a few minutes ago, that suddenly fell and crashed to the stairs. So we weren't running any video at the time, but I do have a, uh, a kind of cool audio clip of it. Now, you're going to hear some music in the background of it because I pulled it from um, just because I was trying to do this real quick. I only had a couple hours to get everything together. Um, I, I pulled it from a Friday Night Ghost Frights video. So you're going to hear this like uh, kind of look uh, almost like chamber music or something in the background. Uh, you hear like some chimes or whatever. But here's here's that clip. So uh, so yeah, that's I, I know it's it's not it's not much, but uh, you know we were we were running audio and just taking photos at the at the time. This is kind of back in the day where. Uh, video cameras were a little bit more expensive and I wasn't really thinking of because I just had like a little handheld digital camera and you could take video on it but it was just little 480p videos that were pretty dinky so we weren't really thinking about video at that time but no that's that's the crash <laughs> let me check out your comments here real quick before uh, before we move on Tom had to take off wishes us a happy Halloween happy Halloween Tom Great to see you. Thanks for uh, for joining us this evening. Uh, all right. So, and uh, what is this from Victoria? Had a good drainage groove in the table. I mean, that's kind of I think what finally clicked for uh, for Becky is that uh, when she when her son said it was a mortuary and she noticed the the channeling around the side, the grooves. I think that's when it clicked for her. Um, all right. So, okay, so that is the Stone Line Inn. Yeah, if you're ever in the Guthrie, Oklahoma area, area uh, check it out. That town is actually um, an extremely, extremely haunted town. And I could do an entire episode on Guthrie, you know, between the, the Black Jail, the Bluebell Saloon. There's a Masonic temple that's there that was the largest one in the country until like a few years back and it, it kind of almost doesn't make any sense why would the largest masonic temple in the country uh be in guthrie oklahoma and it really does look like somebody took a building out of washington dc and just dropped it out in the middle of nowhere in oklahoma um kind of crazy but uh, a lot of interesting things going on in that town so uh, we are going to move on to, for a uh, short period of time here, to Amityville. Amityville. Uh, this, for a lot of people, is still supposed to be the you know, most haunted uh, house in America. Still gets a lot of, of airplay. I know that they just did a special on, uh, I think it's Terra on Tubi that's, uh, that's running this right now. Um, and, if, and, of course, you know, with shadow, the Shadow Dimension, I keep tagging Terror on Tubi since the Shadow Dimension is also running on Tubi. Um, but yeah, my, our good friend Alexandra Holzer has, has done a lot of work with uh, the Amityville House because uh, her father, Hans Holzer, was, was intimately involved with, with this house. So these are, excuse me, 
These are some of the crime scene photos. Uh, this is what it looks like today. Uh, they did away with those uh, with those quarter moon windows uh, and you know painted a different color. They even put a new number on the house to you know try to deter people uh, from you know using the house as a tourist attraction. But pretty much everybody knows where it's at. You know you really can't hide the house. Um, so I guess maybe people that are totally inept would not figure it out uh but yeah it's it's right there plain as day so people know where it's at and um you know current owners currently claim you know there's no hauntings there of course those that moved in after the lutz family claim we haven't experienced anything but and this is what i this is what i usually say and the same thing for the conjuring house when um when the conjuring came out and you know norma flipped out about uh, you know, saying, no, there's no hauntings here. That's when she had actually been on a number of YouTube videos with Andrea walking through the house, talking about the hauntings, and, as well as Ghost Hunter Season 2 with The Conjuring House. Um, but basically, because of the media sensation and the movies and all that, people start flocking to the house. Um, and basically you know, kind of, uh, you know, d destroying the property. Yeah, they were, uh, of course, they were trespassing, but, you know, they're trying to take, you know, pieces of the house, memorabilia, people walking all over the lawns, trashing the lawn, that sort of thing. So, you know, they started deny, 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 just to kind of get the people to go away. Um, totally understandable. So, there's, we could do an entire episode on Amityville. I do have, uh, and we have before, you know, we've done Amityville, I think it was when we were doing Beyond the Shadows. I also have on the Hunter Road Media channel, uh, a, a video on Amityville covers a lot and there's just, there's just way too much to cover here. But really for me, the, the horror of Amityville, uh, is what happened with, with the children. So, uh, so Butch DeFail, Ronnie Jr., uh, which is the one there on the right, uh, you know, basically murdered his uh, his siblings in the middle of the night. And there's a lot of controversy as to what actually happened. Did the old uh, the oldest sister Dawn there on the left? Did she participate uh, in part of it? Did she actually do it? And then Ronnie killed her uh, after the fact. We we don't know. Ronnie. Butch changed the story so many times as to what really happened there, and he passed away earlier this year in jail, you know, without us ever really knowing which story he told may have been true. Um, there are stories about he was tripping and saw this hooded figure who handed him the gun, and just there's a lot of crazy elements to this particular story. And then, of course, after the fact. Um, after the murders and, you know, the DeFeos are, are gone, you have the, the Lutz family move in and they have their stories about being spooked out of the house, being there for, you know, really just a couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden they are, uh, running away from the house, terrified over these different supernatural hauntings that are said to, uh, taking place there now again controversial story you know are the stories that they told that happened within the house true um there's a fantastic documentary that breaks 
uh, everything down. It's called Shattered Hopes. Uh, if you can find it, grab a hold of it. It's basically um, out of print. So I had a copy of it some years ago. Long story short, ex-girlfriend has it now, trying to get another copy of it. Um, you can't, I think you can find um, part three on Vimeo, but I don't, I don't think the other two parts are on there. But in any case, it's a, it's a fantastic documentary by uh, Ryan Katzenberg. And um, we had Ricky Rocket from Poison on Edge of the Rabbit Hole a couple of years ago. And he's done, uh, he grew up right there uh, by Amityville. And so he would go over there as a kid and and check things out. So uh, so we had him on the show talking about that. He's been on some uh, Amityville uh, shows and documentaries and things like that, talking about it. And uh, he actually uh, knew Ryan. I guess that's how you know he kind of got in, in, involved in, in, in some of these documentaries is by you know talking with him saying, hey, I grew up around there as a kid. And uh, so all that connection stuff is fascinating. But in any case, uh, yeah, it's called Shattered Hopes. Our Again, our good friend uh, Alexander Holzer is in it. Uh, it's narrated by Ed Asner, another one who just passed away earlier this year. Um, so that's definitely worth checking out. Uh, throws in a whole other controversy because they're, uh, they interview a woman named Geraldine who says that she was married to Butch at that time which in itself is controversial because their records kind of show that she married him while he was in jail. So was she really married to him at the time? They did know each other and they did have some sort of intimate relationship going on. So interesting stuff, lots of controversy. And, as, as, and they do break down the uh, supposed hauntings that the, that the Lutz family reported. Now, when we go back to our good friend Hans Holzer, um, he says, well, there's a pissed off Indian in there, uh, you know, that the house was basically built on top of a Native American uh, burial site. And, uh, you know, it's an old chief and he's pissed off. So there are hauntings going on in the house, not all the different things that the Lutz said. Now, the Warrens uh, were also involved and... Uh, you know, they they believed it was de- demonic. This was a uh, very highly publicized seance that was conducted by uh, Lorraine in there uh, within the house. And uh, mixed reviews as to whether or not the seance was successful, but they believed it was something demonic. And then there's the uh, infamous ghost boy photo, uh, which is, you know, which is uh, very, very creepy indeed. You, you know, see these glowing eyes. Now, there was supposed to be nobody else in the house at the time. Everybody was supposed to be, it was supposed to have been downstairs. The camera was on a timer. It was a IR camera. Uh, and again, there's some debate as to was this one of the guys that was on the crew that had, that had gone upstairs without people knowing. Uh, problem with, with that particular theory is that the shirts don't quite match up because they do have a photo of the guy with in the shirt that he's wearing is a little bit different than what you see in the ghost boy photo so the uh, uh the 
the lawyer for the Lutzes, William Weber, after all this is coming out about the hauntings and the Warrens are involved, and uh, the, of course, the book by Jay Anson, The Amityville Horror, uh, William Weber comes out and says, and he was the, again, he was the lawyer for the Lutzes, he comes out and says, well, we, we fabricated that story over a couple of bottles of wine. And so, again, you have all this, uh, you know, fantastic controversy surrounding this very infamous house. Um, so, and there's bills. I heard from one of the, whoops, I clicked on the wrong one. I heard from one of the sons of the Lutz family that their dad practiced satanic rituals in the in the house. Uh, yeah, and I know who, who you're referring to. Um, and, and so you have things like that where, uh, you know, some of the, the children of the house are coming forward and saying, well, um, you know, we saw this and our parents did that. And, you know, it, it's hard to try to um, deny somebody's experiences because you weren't there to witness what they may have. Um, and I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> um, I'll leave it at that for now. So what what is this on the road with Rick Secker thing? Um, I guess I missed that from Victoria. Um, is that Masonic Lodge on the 33rd degree north line? No, it's not. You would think something like that would be. It's a, it's a little bit north of uh, the 33rd parallel. I'd have to look up exactly uh, what parallel it's on, but it's not 33rd. It's, it's north of it. So going back to the uh, the lodge in Guthrie, Oklahoma. All right, so that is Amityville again. Like I said, we could we could do an entire show on Amityville, get into like a lot of the mob connections and things like that. So, uh, and that's exactly Victoria. If they were children, how would they know what a satanic ritual would look like? Maybe upon reflection, looking back, um, you know, are certain things that their parents did you know did they influence the perception of the children there i'm not going to get into all of that because this is eventually going to go uh public not just uh on our connected universe portal but the uh podcast will go on to again spotify iHeartRadio, radio kgra radio all that and so um yeah, I don't want a uh, slander suit here or anything, so I'm not going to say anything outside of that. Offline, we can talk. All right. So, now, people were talking about the Conjuring House. Bill said the Conjuring House. Uh, Annie from Germany, even though she's not a part of the Connected Universe portal, uh, had went ahead and commented on Instagram. So, uh, all right, let's get to the Conjuring House or the House on Roundtop Farm. Of course, this is featured in the Shadow Dimension docuseries running now on Tubi for free. So you uh, definitely want to go check that out on, on Tubi. So, yeah, this fascinating, fascinating house. And I finally had the pleasure of venturing into it. We don't know... Um, how much longer that will be access will be available because it is for sale right now. Uh, Cody and Jen Heinzen are selling the house that they just bought a couple years ago. Um, 
And so it was great to be able to get access to it for at least the last two years. And we'll see what the new owners uh, may do. Of course, there aren't new owners yet. It's uh, in the process of trying to sell it. But I've uh, got a couple of historic photos here. Um, and this is from uh, Victorian era 1800s. I forget the exact year, uh, but it's the, uh, it's the Arnold family out front there. And then this is from the uh, 70s. It's one of the, the parents' uh, photographs here when the house was white. So you see it in a couple of different variations. Um, I, honestly, I don't like the brown siding. Uh, I, I think the white was a little bit better. And, you know, and, and they lost the front porch at, at some point. They uh, took that off. So, uh, And then, of course, here's the, uh, the parent girls. So, all right, let's get into what's going on at the uh, at this house. And uh, okay, and here's here's Carolyn with the girls as well. So basically, uh, you know, I think this was as they're moving in, if I remember correctly. So, we could not possibly again get into everything in this episode of the things that went on at that house. But what I want to draw people's attention to. Um, are some things that we talked about during the Shadow Dimension docu-series. So uh, primarily the what's called the well room. So there is an open well in the basement of the house. So, and this is you know, uh, an IR shot into it. You can kind of see that it's a well and there's, there's water in there. Uh, but yeah, it's a open well with water in this room that has limestone walls and the limestone are is capped with granite blocks all the way around this room which is kind of like a perfect little power plant for generating uh, supernatural activity when we look at you know some of our uh, ancient structures and a lot of the theories that we talk about with um, with the ancient civilizations harnessing power from the ground these are the types of elements that we talk about limestone water granite because uh, granite has uh, quartz and you know ba basically uh, drawing that energy up to be able to use it for like alter states of consciousness uh, energy healing things like that um, you know, we're not going to get into all that see one of our previous episodes on the earth's energy grid uh, where we dive into all of that stuff but you basically have those same elements in that same structure down there in the basement of this house. So that well room is ba it basically as you're looking at this structure here, um, where the house splits there, it would be uh, it would be where those two uh, those two windows are: the second floor, first floor, and then the well room is directly below that. I don't know how much of a visual you get from that, but um, if you go straight up from that well room to the first floor, you have, well, that's the wrong photo. Here we go. You have the parlor. So in this room here, the parlor is direct, or I'm sorry, the well room is directly beneath that flooring. Uh, and then you have this, you know, beautiful fireplace and, you know, um, all this amazing woodwork and everything. Directly behind where I took this photo from is what was the dining room. 
the Heinzens right now just kind of have it set up as a as another little parlor or sitting room uh, type of area. But this had been for the parents and for others who lived there before them. This had been the dining room. So uh, like the gentleman who owned the house prior to them that sold the parents of the house, he also used it as as a dining room. And this is actually the room where the girls first saw uh, Manny. Manny is not his real name. That's the name that the girls gave him, but it was basically a man that was in that room that was not in that room. <laughs> so it was some sort of ghost or spirit. But I, I'm drawing your attention to these two rooms because from this, again, I clicked on the wrong one, from this uh, parlor, there was an incident in which uh, late one night, uh, Andrea was getting Carolyn some some coffee, uh, some some dinner, reheating some dinner that they'd had earlier that evening. And from this room, they saw morph into this room a family from the 1700s. So there was a woman that was cooking over this fireplace, which at that time, that fireplace was basically closed off. You know, it hadn't been used in like 100 years. But there is this woman over an open fire cooking something. There was a couple of kids in the room. And then there was a, a long table that was also there with two gentlemen sitting on there uh, at the table with pewter steins. And they looked back into the parlor at Carolyn and Andrea. And the one said to the other, well, would you look at that? As if Carolyn and Andrea were the ghosts. So time slip right in that area from the parlor and uh, Andrew will even say that's like the most significant thing that ever happened at the house you know there's all kinds of hauntings all kinds of crazy things that happened at that house uh, there's the, the the black smoke there was the um, the the thing <laughs> the, uh, the the woman there that ended up uh, hovering over Carolyn all the different ghosts and apparitions that they that they saw there uh, the shadows the, uh, the woman in the basement, all this stuff. But for them, the most significant thing was the time slip. And this was directly above the well room. Now you go up another level, and that's where you have um, the room beyond that doorway, okay? So this, this room that the photo is taken from uh, would basically be directly above the dining room. And then you go through that doorway and that bedroom, which was Andrea's bedroom, uh, is directly above the parlor. Now, obviously, the house was added on to over the years. You have this interior window that at one point would have been exterior that goes into uh, that room. But within that room, you see the chalkboard and all that wonderful stuff. Um, so this is where Carl Johnson... Uh, years ago, back in 1973, had seen the rolling black smoke come out of He thought the house was on fire, uh, but he saw rolling black smoke come out of there. Andrea has seen that smoke as well uh, through that door. And uh, so we, we have those accounts uh, documented. Now, when I was there, I was interviewing Keith Johnson in that room, Carl's brother who was also there in 1973. He had some other experiences uh, within that room with the uh, with the exterior window. And as he's recounting that story to me, 
all of a sudden, I got extremely lightheaded and had to sit down uh, on the bed that was in the room and handed Keith the camera. So what was interesting was that spot where that happened, what Keith was telling me later, was that that's essentially where when the window incident happened, he was recounting the story to me of, of the, the window, that one of the girls had gotten slapped right basically in that spot where I was standing in shooting the footage from. Well, I didn't get slapped, but I started feeling very, very lightheaded. And basically that is where, you know, the spot where Andrea was sleeping, where, you know, she would see this smoke come up. And I guess what she would do is she'd say, hey, I'm doing my homework. You can't be in here right now. And the thing would kind of seat back under the door and go back into uh, that middle room. Fascinating stuff. So when I was there, this is a photo that I had taken and we're calling this interdimensional phasing because I believe that we're actually seeing energy from the portal. Andrea loves to call it the house, a, uh, a portal cleverly disguised as a farmhouse. And you see everything in the foreground, the bed, the chair, all of that, the rug, it's all perfectly clear. But from that doorway and beyond, everything starts shifting to the right. You know, the interior window shifting to the right. The doorway shifting to the right. Beyond that, you see somehow, some way, the exterior window has been shifted so far to the right that it's against this other wall, uh, which is absolutely bizarre. How is, how is this window that's actually behind this piece of wall now protruding outward? Uh, absolutely fascinating. And I have a video clip here from the shadow dimension. Again, watch the full thing on Tubi. I know those uh, part of the connected universe portal here have seen the shadow dimension so this is kind of more for uh, those listening later <laughs> or maybe uh, future members of the connected universe portal that come back and, and watch the replay um, this is this is really for for those guys but because uh, I know you've seen this clip what do you make of this this is the middle bedroom of the conjuring house but this here I could kind of maybe explain away from something to do with the camera, but this here is the entire window that's behind this wall. I, I don't understand how you can have the entire window kind of protrude out like that. This is where, right on the other side of that window, mm -hmm. I suddenly got lightheaded and almost passed out while I was interviewing Keith. Mm -hmm. And it was through this doorway that Carl saw that black smoke for the first time come out from there. But this window thing is just, out. have you seen something like that before? That's kind of crazy. Okay, you're saying that this is a window that's over there. Yeah, you can kind of see the very edge of it right there, but basically the entire window is back behind this wall straight that way. But yeah, we're seeing it here. We're seeing it here. That makes no sense. No. <laughs> okay, so that's Nicole and I going over that piece of footage, and then uh, from that moment in the Shadow Dimension, uh, Nicole goes into the impressions that she got as, as a psychic medium. So... Uh, interesting uh, part of that particular episode, which is episode number four.
A couple of questions here coming in from the chat. So, um, so both of these are from Victoria. Do the current owners live in the house or nearby or just rent it out to researchers? So the original intention was for uh, them to live there. However, after some of the experiences that they started having when they first lived in the house, um, their their son was just like, yeah, I don't want to live here. One of those was actually with a with a shadow person. So uh, we we interviewed Cody uh, within the uh, or Corey uh, within the Shadow Dimension docu series, and uh, he he kind of explained that there. So they still live in Maine. They come down a lot to uh, that house. So it's been you know kind of a hardship going back and forth from Maine to Rhode Island all the time. Uh, they have uh, caretakers that uh, stay there at the house to make sure everything's okay and um, you know nobody's doing anything nefarious because again they, they get a lot of traffic from um, people interested in the house from the movies uh, and then they also you know help to to manage all the the paranormal investigations that that go on there um all right and then she's also asking so the well was drawn from no not the hollow earth so vortex energy from the magnetic core of the earth wells up and uh you can tap into that energy so magnetic cord is liquid uh, it's, it's, it's molten metal. It's basically molten iron uh, that has a magnetism to it. And that's you know where we get our magnetic field for, for the earth. And so uh, there are areas of the earth that are more susceptible to that energy uh, raising up from it. And this is kind of what Tesla was trying to, to tap into with his, um, with his tower, was he was trying to tap into that earth energy and then, and then spread it around the globe. So, um, so, so, Bill, when you uh, when did you take that picture, Mike? I was wondering if you felt dizzy because of the portal or time slip. Um, I I didn't feel dizzy when I took that photo with the with the interdimensional phasing. I was uh, kind of going through, kind of getting some last photos of the house. So it was a, it was a while after I already had my dizzy spell uh, in that room. But where you saw the shifting is essentially where I had gotten dizzy before. So. Um, yeah, and it's not, it, it, Victoria, it's not that you haven't converted me to hollow earth. I just don't believe it's, it's you know, completely hollow. I believe there are large areas of the earth, large caverns, um, yeah, lava tubes, things like that. So there are, are areas of the earth that have large spaces, but completely hollow, you won't get me on that. <laughs> um, all right. So... Um, we only have a little bit of time left in the show, and I have one other house that I wanted to uh, to cover here. I actually had a list of some others too, but I was like, we're not going to be able to get to all of these. But um, one that's local here in Ohio, I, I say local, but it's really like three hours from here, maybe two and a half. Um, but that is the drumroll... Uh, Bel Air House in Bel Air, Ohio. Um, I haven't talked about this one for a while. Uh, I've investigated there several times, but it's been some years. Um, but it's a uh, it's an absolutely fascinating house. Um, pretty dark though. There's a lot of crazy. There are a lot of crazy things that have happened there over the years between um, you know apparitions that people have seen. Uh, there's 
supposed to be an, an incubus in the one room. And in that particular room is the room that everybody's drawn to as being the darkest. Whether they know the story or not, that's the room. Um, one of the tenants that had stayed up in the attic uh, had done some... Um, some ritual work up there and when i say ritual work i i, I will say with they were dark rituals i don't know if they were it was particularly satanic but it was supposed to be some dark rituals or dark magic that was going on up there um yeah so it's a uh very very creepy house with with a dark energy to it but even even the town um has a has a fascinating history and this is uh copperhead greg graham and i up in that attic and he's got the dowsing rods and he's getting some action on the rods and i'm and i'm talking to him that's what this this photo is here but the the town itself uh has a very uh, interesting uh history to it it's an old mining town um jacob hetherington was the um uh was the individual that came over from bel air maryland set up the uh the mining and they they uh they talk about Jack. Uh, Jack was the donkey that basically like kind of carried the load for the mine for many, many years. Um, they talk about the the house that Jack built, uh, which which is no longer standing, unfortunately. There used to be like all kinds of like little uh, images of of Jack the donkey within the the brickwork and things like that. the The library has has some of that uh, there now. Uh, so this is the old lane. Actually, this is right down the road from the Bel Air house. So this this road here in front of the house that you see, this kind of like little lane with all the nice trees and everything. Uh, if you keep going further down that road off to the left would be the Bel Air house. Um, unfortunately, the mansion is is gone and is now a, a motel that is abandoned. Uh, which is really, really sad. So, you know, you see things like that and it's just, it, it breaks your heart. Uh, but uh, also along that road, there is an old mine. Uh, you know, the mines are still there. You could you could actually walk up, and I'm not going to say specifically where it is, just that it's down the road, uh, but you could actually walk up into there. I don't recommend it. It would be extremely dangerous, uh, but you could walk right up into there and, um, and check it out and explore Again, I don't recommend it because it is it is very dangerous. There are cave-ins. The mines do go under the house. Um, and there are stories, especially in that basement. We've done work down there. Uh, we have uh, picked up on the spirits of miners there. Uh, and, there and there were some you know tragic mining accidents that happened there at the mines. There have been some deaths of the miners. And so some of those spirits seem to filter right into the house because the you know, you have all these catacombs of, of mines there uh, under those properties that are there. So some of the other houses along that that road are also supposed to be uh, haunted with some of these spirits. But the Bel Air house uh, has a lot of other things uh, going on with it. Another claim to fame for the town of Bel Air, just real quick, uh, is Silence of the Lambs. There were elements that were, uh, that were filmed there. So basically the uh, uh, town where the... Uh, uh, the bad guy lives. <laughs> um, Ted Levine is originally from uh, Bel Air, and so uh, he recommended his old hometown for some of the shots. Uh, the bridge that Jody Foster drives across uh, is that bridge there, which is no longer accessible. This is seriously the bridge to nowhere. Uh, nobody wants to spend the money to tear it down, so eventually it's probably going to crash into the Ohio River. Um, but 
when they built uh, new roads on either side of the river, the West Virginia side and the Ohio side, it basically cut off all access to the bridge altogether. And uh, so it's just a bridge suspended with no way on <laughs> and no way off either. Uh, so so kind of crazy stuff. I do have a couple of clips to show you guys. Um, the one here is just, I, I'm going to give you a, a, a walkthrough video clip of walking up into the house. This is from an old um, Ghosts and Legends video that we did. It was episode number 12. It's, uh, it's some years old now. Uh, but uh, just to kind of give you a little walkthrough of this uh, creepy cool house in Ohio. Copperhead. I told Michelle about those footsteps we heard while we yeah. were down here. She says, I'm a little more skeptical than you. And I said, I know you are, but there was no mistake in these. Yeah, not at no all. No mistake in these. Yeah. And we're going to get some footsteps. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was really interesting. When we did that particular investigation, I think that was the third time that I had been there. Uh, it was right when we walked in the door, when we walked in that house. You know, it was, you know, we're hearing these footsteps all over the place, almost like, and, and we didn't get any activity there for a while till, uh, until much later in the evening. It was almost like everybody kind of said, oh, somebody's here skedaddle and, and took off it was kind of crazy because uh, like i said we didn't hear anything again for a while after that it was just that initial walking into the house and boom 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 all these footsteps and then silence for a while i do have another clip from you from later on in that investigation uh you're gonna see uh, Kristen lee the owner of the house in this clip and we're doing some evp work now the uh the uh, the flashlight trick. I don't. I don't subscribe to the flashlight trick. They were doing that there, regardless of the whole flashlight thing. Um, there's a really, really cool EVP in here, so I'm just gonna uh, play this one for you guys uh, real quick. We'd really like to meet you. I'm Michael. This is Greg. We call him Copperhead because of his red hair. So just love to uh, get to know you a little bit, visit a little while, maybe even become friends. Came yes. Good, thank you. All right, fantastic. So, yeah, you kind of distinctly hear the I guess there. You know, I'd like to become friends with you, and then your I guess. Um, ironically, the light, the flashlight did light up. Again, not not my thing with the flashlight, but um, 
but still a very, very cool EVP. So we, we did, as the night progressed, started getting uh, more activity, more things going on at the house during that particular investigation. It was just really, um, really kind of funny that right when we walked in, you hear all these footsteps and then kind of silence for, I think, maybe the next two hours or something like that. Uh, we did stay overnight, uh, Copperhead and I, uh, that, that particular evening. Um, and, and people, when it comes to that house, uh, people were like, I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know, stay over, sleep over in that house. It's, it's too creepy. And it's like, well, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Sometimes there's, sometimes there's just nothing going on. And other times there's a lot going on. But um, yeah, that night, as it is for any time that I've investigated there, uh, you go up the stairs and straight down the hall all the way at the end, that particular bedroom and the bedroom that uh, Kristen reports being attacked in, that a lot of the activity occurs. That's where a lot of the dark energy is, is in that particular room. Also upstairs in the attic, there's a lot of things going on up there, but you get activity throughout the house. Um, that particular EVP was in uh, what's usually used as the uh, the dining room, uh, and there's the nice fireplace and, and everything there. So, um, yeah, very very cool, uh, creepy cool house. So if you ever get a chance, Bel Air, Ohio, uh, it's right across the river from Wheeling, West Virginia. So, all right, let me go ahead and check out your your comments. Um, did the Bel Air house have a well in the basement too? Um, no, there was. There's not a well down there. There's an old shower that's down there. Uh, we did find evidence of a fire having once been uh, down there in the one corner, and then we also uh, discovered, and, and Kristen didn't even realize this. We had a, we pointed it out to her that there is a an old uh, coal chute down there. So from outside, when they'd make deliveries of coal, because it once had a, a, a coal burning furnace that, you know, from the outside, you drop the, uh, the coal in through the, uh, through the chute into the basement so that you wouldn't have to go up and down the stairs with the coal. You could just deliver straight into the basement through an exterior chute and boom, there it is. She had, um, I think it was a, a set of shelves or something like that that was right in front of it and kind of looking behind it like, wait a second. Yeah, that goes up and out and um, yeah, that was for the coal. So so we were discovering little things down there in the basement like that that were kind of cool. Um, but it's it's down there where, where people will, will kind of uh, report the the activity from, from the miners and things like that. And of course, you know, the idea that it's, it's closer to uh, the ground and, and underneath where the uh, where the old mines would be so um is mothman near bel air i mean it's right it's up the river from it um how far would that be i don't know if that maybe is an hour from there or something like that i mean because you know point pleasant's right on the ohio river wheeling uh and bel air are right on the ohio river so it's it, it's up river from all of that i just i couldn't tell you exactly how far so, all right. Um, all right, guys. I think that is going to about do it for this evening. Thanks for hanging out for the Halloween special, talking about creepy, cool, spooky, haunted houses. Hope everybody has a uh, wonderful Halloween. For those listening in later on the uh, syndicated shows, uh, KGRA, KPNL, and also on the, uh, the podcasts, 
uh, you know, there on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and all the other platforms. Please join us, ConnectedUniversePortal.com. Join us for the live interactive class. You get to ask all of your questions, watch the presentation, you get to watch those video clips, you get to see all the photos, all that wonderful stuff live with us, plus all the other perks that you get through the Connected Universe portal as well. It's a 30-day free trial, so you know, come check it out. So, all right, everybody. Um, yeah, and here we go. So, Connie, super interesting, enjoyed. Victoria, very interesting. Have a happy Halloween. Just have a happy Halloween as well, and uh, good night to you as well, Bill, and uh, everybody else who tuned in this evening, Nicole, Tom, and everyone. Till next time.